0: Morning, thank you for all the support for Haven House. She was actually carrying out um, the chair. This is Carly that you just saw in the video, she's the manager of Haven House. We want to say thank you. Thank you. That's great. Awesome. That's great. So, it's really good food. I had nothing to do with the food, but it's really good food at Haven House. If you've not been there, I encourage you to go and check it out. We are having spiritual conversations as spies in the land, downtown Safety Harbor. It's really cool. It's really cool. Well, we're in a series called We the People, and this is a series about your identity, but also then what do you do, called your function. And so just the big picture, when you think about our identity, the Bible says you're a child of God. Well, then what's your function? The Bible says you're a citizen of heaven. What, what's your function? The Bible says that you are um, a saint. Well, what's, what's the function of a saint? And every time I communicate that we're saints, I can't help remember a lady in Memphis, her name was Esther Fay, and I preached on how we are saints, and Esther Fay came up to me and she said, "'Pastor, if you call me a saint one more time, I'm going to hit you over the head with my purse.'" And I said, well, Esther Faye, you are a saint. And she pulled her purse back. I said, Esther Faye, you are a sinner. (laughs) She said, now you got it. But under my breath, I went, you're a saint. And so you're a saint. So what's, what's your function? Well, we're talking about you're a priest. So your identity, and Ethan and Pause started this off about three or four weeks ago. Your identity is we're a priest, but what's the function then of a priest? And then Amos started with the very first function on carrying the presence. I think this is hard because I think most of us don't see ourselves as priests. I think this is hard because most of us see a Catholic priest, a a Greek Orthodox priest. Most of us think about the exclusivity of, of the priesthood. Most of us don't stop and think, I am a priest. But according to the Old Testament... And according to the New Testament, it was God's plan for all of us as His people to be a priest. And so I want to just touch on that, and then I want to introduce today another idea of our function. In Exodus chapter 19, we have the big picture. And in Exodus 19 verses 5 and 6, we see here's where God wanted them all to be priests. Now, if you obey me fully and you keep my covenant, Then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So there's about three million Israelites coming out of Egypt. And God is asking all of them to be his people, to be separate, to be set apart, to be really um, anointed. And you know what happened then? Uh, Everything got sideways with the golden calf. And while Moses is up on the mountain, they got impatient and they began worshiping a golden calf. Here's that story. Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them out of control and so become a laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and he said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied. Now there's 12 tribes. And it was God's will for all 3 million people to be a kingdom and a nation of priests. However, only one of the 12 tribes rose to the occasion. And that's now Plan B. And anytime there's Plan B, we're going to come back to Plan A. Whatever God initiates, He always reinstates. That's why, as a church, you always teach Plan A. You might be living Plan D, but we always are going to teach Plan A because you can't do anything else but teach Plan A. The Bible starts off with a garden, plan A. It's going to end with a garden, plan A. The Bible starts off with a tree of life. It's going to end with a tree of life, plan A. We teach plan A on marriage. We teach plan A on giving. We teach plan A on family. We teach plan A on work. Everything is plan A. They're now in about plan F, okay? Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, each man strap on a sword go back and forth through the camp from one side to the other, killing his brother and friend and neighbor. God's serious about the idolatry. The Levites, only one tribe, did as Moses commanded. And that day about 3,000 people died. Then Moses said, you've been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and daughters, and he has blessed you to this very day. So we read that in the Old Testament. And I missed this for 40 years. I went through Bible college, I went through graduate school, I never understood what the New Testament said about your identity and about your function as a priest. Here's the New Testament. This is the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says this, you also like living stones are being built together into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Wow, that wasn't exclusive that was everybody. That wasn't a few people. That was you online. That was you in the house today. Then there was the Apostle John who repeats this several times in the book of Revelation. The Apostle John says this in Revelation 1-6, "'He has made us to be a kingdom and priests.'" Four chapters later, he says the same thing. "'You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign forever.'" And so I I think it's hard because we don't feel like we deserve this. I think we're constantly reminded of all of our shortcomings and our faults, and it's hard for you to think about, am am I really a priest? So it's really just a whole lot easier just to be a sheep. And the question is, will you be a sheep only, or will you be a priest? and there's icebergs and continents different now now being a sheep you're in the pen being a sheep you're in the barn being a sheep you know you're you're in the field but but as a sheep you just don't see very well they have terrible eyesight they just they just wander they just follow the crowd they just they just really don't have a direction but, but as a priest, you change heaven and earth. As a priest, you change the course of people's destiny. As a priest, you, you shift the atmosphere into every room that you go into. And so everybody kind of has to figure out how much of Jesus they really want. And so being a, a sheep is good, But wouldn't you want to change history and the destiny of people's lives? And so our identity, again, is a priest. Now our function, and so Amos talked about, we carry the presence. And this comes from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. And there's the functions of a priest. And so one of the things that a priest does is a priest then gets filled with the Spirit of God. Now Jesus promised this. Jesus said this was going to happen. Disciples, it's for good that I go away. If I go away, I'll send the comfort of the counselor. He will guide you in all truth. He will tell you things that are yet to come. And in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And the Bible says, whoever repents and be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins, they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for you, your children, and for all those who are far off. So everybody can, can be a sheep, but everybody can move into priesthood. And as a priest, then, you, you can carry the presence of God. I'm going to circle back to this next Sunday. I want to talk more about this next Sunday and really hone this in. But as a priest carrying his presence, then, you shift the atmosphere of every room you're in. You shift the atmosphere of your home. You, you can shift the atmosphere of the grocery store, of the bank, going into a, a store. So that, that was one of the functions. And then last week, we talked about bless the people. And I said about blessing the people is how, again, you're changing the destiny and the lives of people. Bless the people is not, wow, my heart was really blessed. You know, they, they sang some good songs, what they did, they had great worship, that blessed my heart. That, that's not really what he's talking about. That's encouragement, and that makes you feel good, and that, that did touch you, but, but blessing the people is where you know that your friend's drinking too much. And you're not going to accept where your friend is. And you're going to call heaven and earth now to come help your friend. And your friend is drinking way too much, but you're praying for your friend, that your friend will stop drinking so much and seek first the kingdom of God. You've got an aging parent who's not a Christian. And you're going to pray now that the host of heaven will soften her heart before she dies. And you're praying for her to get this you've got a son that that just might not be very industrious, very ambitious. You've got a son that might be distracted in life. And that's the reality. You don't deny reality. But as a priest, you're blessing this person. You are catalyzing his destiny. You're prognosticating his or her future. That's what a priest does. Today, I've got another one. And this one's hard. And I think if you get 30% of this, it'll be a win today. So I'm not expecting you to get 100% of this. And if this is new to you and you're online, this is brand new, if we get 30% of this, two thumbs up, we've we've made progress, okay? Today, I want to talk about one of your functions as a priest is for you to minister unto God. The whole reason you were created was to minister unto under your heavenly Father. And right off the bat, you know, the breaks come up. How can I minister to a holy God? If you knew how unholy I was, if you knew what I thought, if you knew how I acted, if you knew how I reacted, Kurt, if you only knew what I what's really going on inside of here, you I could never. Well, it's not about you. It's what Christ did for you that allows you to minister unto God. So before you check out, give me five or six minutes. I'm going to go all the way around the barn before we come in the front door. Have You ever heard that expression before? Okay. It dates me, doesn't it? Okay. Have you ever heard that expression before? I I knew it. I knew the front row. I've never heard this before. That means I'm going to take a minute to get there. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with the book of Genesis and I'm going to start with chapter one. And Genesis has six movements, six motions. Really with one act. And it starts with God speaking, and it ends with God breathing life into somebody. So here we go with Genesis chapter one, and we'll start with verse three. Genesis 1: three. All these are on your app. You can download the Harborside app. All these scripture and verses are there as well. And God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault, and he separated the water from under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let the dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground good, and he gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Good? You just created light? You just spoke? And you just created all this, and you said, good? Is is that the best word that you can come up with, Is, is good? I mean, if you spent three hours, we're coming to your house for dinner, and you spent three hours making a carrot cake from scratch. And you said, hey, Kurt, how was it? It was good. It was good. <laughs> You're not going to make me another carrot cake, are you? It's not happening. You're expecting some other adjectives that will come from that. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds, and it was sown. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds according to their kinds. And and God saw that it was was good. Good? Tom Brady's good? (laughs) And God made two lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars and God set them in the vault of the sky to give them light, to govern the day and to govern the night, to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. You went to Big Sur, how was it? It was good. Big Sur, that's all you can say is good? You went to the, the Rocky, Rocky Mountains, the Smoky Mountains, it was what? It was what? It, it was good. The beaches, of Florida. OK. And God said, "Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let the birds fly above the, earth, uh, uh, above the earth across the vault of the sky." So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teams and that moves in them according to their kinds, every winged bird, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. That, that's, that's all you can say, good. You go into the Sistine Chapel. You look at the, it, it, how was it? Oh, it, it was good. You, you, you see the Mona Lisa? How, wasn't it? Oh, it, 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 it was good. The Mona Lisa was, was good. Oh my goodness. And God said, let the, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind. Livestock, creatures that move along the ground. The wild animals, each according to their kind. It was sown. God made the wild animals according to their kinds. The livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. God saw that it was, guess what? It was good. It was good. Now here comes the upgrade. Don't miss this. See, the trees can't minister unto God. The rocks can't minister unto God. The giraffe and the gazelle cannot minister unto God. Don't miss the upgrade. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. And God saw all that he had made, and it was was very good. It was very good when he created you, because only you, you and you alone can give God the glory. Only you and you alone can minister unto God. The rocks, the birds, the skies, and all these kinds of things, they can reflect the glory of God, but only God has put his glory inside of you. Nothing else has his glory. And so God speaks and he creates light, seeds and plants. It's good. But I wanna tell you about him. And I wanna tell you about her. And I wanna tell you about her. And I wanna tell you about him. They are good, very good. They're not just good, they are very, very good. Because they are the ones that I breathed the breath of the Almighty into them. And with Eve, he takes a rib and he forms and he fashions a woman. By the hand of God, women were formed. By the breath of the Almighty, every man came into existence. You and you alone are the only ones who can minister unto the Lord. See, nature reflects the glory of God. But only inside of you is the glory of God. You have what nothing and nobody else ever has. To create light, God had to speak. To create you, he had to breathe his breath into your nostrils. And so only you can carry the presence of God. Trees can't. Donkeys can't. Rocks can't. Only you. Only you can carry the presence of the Almighty. So why are we so unique? Because He created us to minister on to Him. Now I know that's a tall order. I'm going to tell you how in just a minute. But before I get there, you got to you got to get in. You you, you got to come into the fold. You you got to come into the sheep pen. You, you, you got to get in. And so how do you do this? And so for some of those of you that are online, it's the first time maybe you've heard this. or some of you in the house. I think we all kind of accept this, but we, we have to accept the Son. The, the way that we start this journey is we accept the Son. And the Son invites us to come in to the kingdom. And the only way we get into the kingdom is by the blood of the Son. We have a sin problem. I can't erase your sin problem. I can't erase my sin problem. I can't push delete. I can't ignore it. I can't pretend. I can't do enough good deeds to to wash it away. We accept the Son because the Son is the only one that has the power and the authority to forgive us of all of our sins. But after we accept the Son, then we love the Father. And that's part of this ministering under God is we, we learn then to, to love the Father. Now, how do we love the Father? Well, we love the Father by loving his Son. And it was Jesus who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except, except you know, through, through the Father. You have to do it my way. You have to come my way. And so we accept the Son. We love the Father. And then we learn to listen to the Spirit. And as we listen to the Spirit, we then begin to get insights for our lives. Now, you can go your whole life and just be a sheep. You can go your whole Christian life and just wander around, not see well, not hear well, just be part of the Mass. You can do that. Or you can, during your quiet times, your secret place, you're driving your truck, you can actually stop and listen. And I think... I love our younger teaching pastors. I love how if we we were a hospital, Harborside, we'd be a teaching hospital. We've become a church that's teaching interns, teaching younger people, and I love this because we want to pour in to the next generation. And I, I thank you for receiving that, and I thank you for accepting that. Because if you didn't accept it and receive it, we wouldn't be able to do it. But one of the things that they're always asking me is different questions. And one of the questions that the younger pastors ask me is, what, what's your greatest regret? What, what's your greatest regret in the ministry? That's a good, good question. I don't have any like, huge regrets. So I, I, my answer to them is, I wish I would have listened to the Holy Spirit more. I wish I would have been your age listening to the Spirit because the Spirit had things to teach me, had things to tell me. So much of my prayer life was just kind of like a monologue, like help me, bless me, give me, okay, God, thank you, bye, instead of just like listening on the other end of the phone. So I think one of the greatest challenges of our lives is is not to accept the Son. That's easy. It's really not to love the Father. He's awesome. It's really to listen uh, unto the Spirit. And so once we get there then, We realize that as we're listening to the Spirit, the Spirit is gonna give us our identity. And our identity then as priests has functions. And the one for this morning is ministering unto God. Now, how in the world could I ever minister unto God? He's holy, I'm not. He's right. how in the world can you and I, in our time alone, in the middle of the night, early in the morning, late at night, last thing we do before we go to bed, how can you minister unto God? Well, again, if you want to be a priest, if you don't want to be a sheep, you just check out. But if you want to be a priest, that's what a priest does. It's why you were created. It's why he says, you, daughter, are very good. It's why he says, you, son, are very good. I, I didn't make you even like the angels. The angels don't even have the free will that you have. The angels can worship, but not like you. The bad angels can't become good angels. The good angels can't become bad angels. They don't have free will. You do. You have a choice every single day how you're going to live your life. And as a priest, will you minister unto God? Well, how do you do that? Well, you got to accept the Son, love the Father, and listen to the Spirit. And then what do you do? So well, I, I'm doing that. I've done that, okay? I, I just think it starts with humility. I, I just think it starts with absolute humility that you realize that you're where you are in life, not because of how smart you are, not because of how hard you worked, and you're smart and you worked hard and all those, yeah, yeah, yep. But but something positioned you where you are. Some, some higher power, God, put you in this position, gave you the skills that he did. You're good with numbers. You're good with your hands. You have good health. You're great with people. You have organizational skills. You have a Somebody put you, and, and you just start with, God, I get invited? You invited me? I, I get to be into the sheep pen and and become more than a she. A she I, my goodness, God, did you forget what I did in spring break back in nineteen, you know, seventy? Guys, I didn't forget. Just move on, move on. All right. It just starts with humility, and then it, then it comes to gratitude, and gratitude is just want to say thanks. I, I want you to know how awesome. I just, I just want you to know I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful for family, church, friends, scriptures. I'm just, I'm so grateful that cousin so-and-so invited me to church. I'm so grateful that great-grandmother was praying. for. It's just, a, it's gratitude. But then it moves, it moves now to Meditation and a priest meditates a priest spends time in the secret place a priest a sheep doesn't sheep don't spend time in the secret place but but a priest spends time in the in some carved out time acknowledging you are the creator six days of creation you did all this And on the sixth day, you created Adam, you created Eve. We're made in your image. You're awesome. We trust you. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the baby Jesus. Thank you for the resurrected Jesus. Thank you. It's just that time of meditation. So it it always starts with humility. comes to gratitude. It goes to meditation. And then after meditation, you find yourself in favor. All of a sudden, you just find yourself, God just, as you minister unto God, God's not going to not minister to you. And He just He just starts blessing you and giving you favor. Your business, your opportunities, your open doors, your families, your connections, your relationships, all of a sudden, there's just favor. And you are overwhelmed now by the goodness of God for what He's done in your life. And now it intensifies. Now your ministering unto God intensifies. And as it intensifies, Everything in your life improves. Every relationship you have now improves because you are carrying the presence and you're ministering to God, which drives you all the way back then again to humility. The cocky Christians and the cocky believers don't get it. The more you get blessed and get favor, the more you're like, I can't believe all this favor. I can't believe what he's done for me. I am overwhelmed. God, I, I humbly come before you. And I'm so grateful. I just, just, I'm just dripping with gratitude. And now I'm going to meditate. Oh, I'm going to tell you how good you are. I'm not going to miss the secret place. I'm not going to miss our time. I'm going to minister unto you. You were created to worship. And I have people say to me, you know,
1: I, I, just, I just don't
0: really understand worship. I think you do everybody worships. Everybody worships. It might be money. It might be pleasure. Everybody worships. Go to Raymond James Stadium, and there's a touchdown for the Bucks, and you're a Bucks fan. You're not sitting there going, well, that was okay. You're high-fiving the drunk next to you that you don't even know. You'll never see again. You get beer spilled all over you, but you're worshiping at a football game. Everybody knows how to worship. It's just, what are you going to worship? Who are you going to worship? And so in this time of meditation, it, it, and, and then, it, then, then there's more favor, and then it's more intensity, and then everything improves, which drives you then back to humility. And the process just goes over and over again. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm, God, I'm humble. I, I, I can't believe what you've done. I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm going to spend time meditating. Lord, my God, I'm, this is so incredible. A favor. And, and, and I'm going to in, intensify my honor to you. And, and then everything just kind of keeps falling into place. And then you can hear. The Spirit just gives you to hear. You can hear. And you're not like a sheep. You can see. You can see things that nobody else can see. I love what Paul says in First Corinthians. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, the mind cannot perceive the great things God has in store for you, but He reveals it to you by His Spirit. So, creation doesn't worship Him. Nature doesn't worship Him. It reflects His glory. You were made and only you in his image. And so here's my encouragement to you. No matter what you said, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what your past has been, you have a Jesus who is inviting you in. He's inviting you in and allowing you then to bless his dad. I know that's mind-boggling. I know that blows me away to think that a simple woman, a simple man can bless a mighty God. I was in college and I was probably 20 years old and this young man named Steve Price, he sang this song that just rocked my world. And the song was at Christmas time, if a simple man can please a mighty God, I'll sing my song to you. If a simple man can please a mighty God, I'll sing my song to you. If a simple woman can please a mighty God, I'll sing my song to you. And that is our incredible opportunity to minister to the host of heaven, to worship him and to sing to him and to praise him. In the middle of the night, when you're rocking a sick child, early in the morning, you're driving to the office, late at night if you're walking the dog around the neighborhood it doesn't matter how where it's just a fact it's right here this is what worship is right here baby worship is right here it's not up here it's right here it's your heart and oh god i give you my heart that's why you were created now he's such a generous benevolent god that if you stay as sheep it's better than being lost in the wilderness But his desire for you is for you to be a priest. And as a priest, you carry his presence. As a priest, you bless the people and you change the destiny. As a priest, you minister. You minister unto him. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to start with humility. And really those that are outside of Christ, the most humbling thing you can do is acknowledge that you need a Savior, that you can't save yourself. So I'm gonna lead us now through a time of prayer for that, but then I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna do that at the end. I'll do that at the end. Here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to pray for you. I want you to minister to God. I want you to practice this. I want you to tell God why you like Him. I want you to tell God why you love Him. And then in a couple of minutes, we'll sing a worship song that goes right along with that. But tell the Father right now, not what you need, tell the Father how much you like and how much you love Him.
1: We lay our crowns at the feet Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: son. I want to encourage you to just to simply say to your heart, speak inside of you, Jesus I receive you. Jesus I give my life to you. Jesus I need you to forgive me of all of my sins. So if you've never given your life to Christ, now is the time. Now is a great moment. like to transition from being a sheep to a priest, now is your time to tell the Father, thank you for letting me get in, but now it's time for me to do something and to be something. I'm going to be a priest. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be a priest by your God-given help and ability. right I worship every time there's a football game or basketball game or lightning game or I worship other things but I'm going to make you my number one priority I don't fully understand this yet but I'm going to do my best to minister and please you if a simple man can please a mighty God, I'll sing my song for you. If a simple woman can please a mighty God, I'll sing my song to you. Thank you, God. We humble ourselves. We're incredibly grateful. We will meditate. We will receive your favor. It just intensifies our passion for you. And everything improves as we get into your presence. God, I just, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us, for creating us. Man, God, Big sir's good, but my brothers and sisters online and in this room, they're very good. Okay, that's what you say. That's how I'll see them from this point on. got a mosaic out in the f- lobby and we're asking you to take, can we take your picture? And we want to pray over you. And the mosaic is going to resemble something like a priest. I'm not going to tell you what it looks like yet, but all your pictures and your children, all your, and those of you online as well, take a picture online. You can send it to us and we'll put you in this mosaic and you'll see what this picture looks like <clears throat> as a whole because of all the individual pictures on that. So again, if you're interested and love to, we'd love, if you want to be a priest, go back to that corner. They're going to take your picture. They're going to pray over you and we're going to make a collage and we'll show that in a couple of weeks. Okay, God bless you. Have a great week.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.